Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Hello everybody, welcome to Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel. I'm delighted tonight to be live with a completer of the MDS, a, a completer of a 102 mile Cotswold Way Ultra. She's a mum of four, she's a grand of two, and she's the co-founder of Black Trail Runners. Big round of applause for Sabrina Pace Humphreys. <laughs> How are you tonight, Sabrina? It's great to have you on. Oh, thank you so much for asking me to be on. I'm 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 feeling really really good because today we compl- we exchanged on our house <gasps> and I've been living in temporary accommodation now at my in-laws for almost 2 months and just to exchange on the house knowing that we're going to complete at the beginning of January is like the best Christmas present ever. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm feeling really good. I started out the day with a 6.30 a.m. 14 miler wow. um, in the rain. And that, yeah, it kind of set me up for the day. I just, yeah, it's it's been a good day. It's been one of the good ones. Awesome. So um, your new place, is that like quite near? Because you're based, is it in Gloucestershire that you're based? Are you moving yes, in a similar yeah. area? Will it still be good for running, trail running? It's going to be great for running. So where I'm moving to is a total reno project. <laughs> Um, needs loads and loads of work, but it is um, is nearer to Stroud than when we've lived previously, and it's just still got. Even today, when I was running, I was saying to some of my running buddies, "Oh, this will be my new um, kind of entry and exit into the trails." And oh my god, I've got to get up this hill in order to get home. Yeah. But um, it was really, really important to me that I I stayed around the area because I love the trails in this area and my children are at school here so I was never going to move anywhere too far away but having access to good trails I'm so fortunate and I know we're going to talk about black trail runners later but I'm so fortunate that from the age of two I've lived in or around this area and we have some of I feel some of the best trails that are out there so yes that was definitely ticking the box for the house was has to be access to trails yes some good trails definitely i hear you definitely for that (laughs) for sure um and so you have done some incredible races in your time um and obviously you just said about black trail runners you're doing loads to promote and encourage more diversity in trail running but first of all i just want to know a little bit of a rewind um what's your history like how did you come to trail and ultra running in the first place well i hated running yeah, me too. I, <laughs> yeah, I hated running. I am not I'm not the kind of person that was like really good at running at school, you know, went to various athletics clubs. I hated running. I even hated running. I hated running outdoors, but I really hated running on treadmills in gyms. And um, as you said, I have four children. So 11 years ago, um, I used my pregnancies as, as a real excuse to eat. I'm an eater. I uh-huh. love eating. Oh, I yeah. love all kinds of food. <laughs> So when I was pregnant, I was like, wow, I'm growing a baby. I'm growing a human. What can I eat to facilitate this growth? 
so for, with my last pregnancy I ended up putting on five stone wow. and, uh, yeah a lot of weight and I also um, was diagnosed with postnatal depression oh no um, and the doctor that I went to see um, I mean I have a history of kind of depression and, and mental health issues anyway but the doctor that I went to see said um, one of the things that I could do for myself was to exercise do something he said something like jogging and I was like oh my god I hate jogging <laughs> and like I tell a story about the first run I went out on you know I had a baggy t-shirt on I had um, like basketball boots really baggy trousers and I went and I found the most secluded spot that I could find where people wouldn't see me and and I literally did half a mile and thought I was going to die. And, and I, I honestly, like, my story is not one of, like, I started running and I, like, it took a while for me to find the love that every time I went out, I felt a little bit better about myself and my mental health. I just felt, I felt that I could see a little bit more light in what was a really, really dark time. And how I got into, so I was a roadrunner for years and you know, like built myself up and then when I knew my 40th birthday was coming I had given up drinking alcohol because um, that was no good for me <laughs> and I was like what can I do that will um, that will really kind of celebrate being 40 and celebrate 40 years on this earth and in and kind of can be something that is a real physical and mental challenge as well and then I sat down and was clicking through channels and I saw this documentary about this crazy race called the Marathon des Saab. And, and yeah, kind of like found myself, actually I'm writing about it at the moment for the book that I'm working on, which I'll tell you about later, but I found myself lured into wanting to do something that I really did not think I could do. And that's where my trail, journey, trail running journey began because before then, I had never run trails, I'd never run in the sand, never run in the heat, never like stayed away from anything that wasn't tarmac. And training for the Marathon Day Saab forced me to trail run because I had to find trails in the UK yeah. that kind of mimics the Marathon Day, like the Sahara Desert, which was really quite difficult. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I just couldn't believe that I hadn't experienced trail running before that because I loved it from day one loved yeah. it from day one. had you it, done hiking like you said like you lived in no. Gloucestershire all your life you had done hiking yeah no because we, I come from a family like we weren't a sporty family like we were poor we were um we just that wasn't in our DNA as a family to, to hike or to walk or like we had bikes but yeah. we we would never go out onto the hills and stuff it just wasn't it wasn't what we did it's it's I see families nowadays I see you know I'll be out running and I'll see families walking and I'll be like oh that looks so cool but we never did that as kids like that's not what we did down our road you know yeah. we just would go outside and play Frio mm. or <laughs> British Bulldogs you know yeah. so so it was this it was this whole new experience and as I say, the first run that I did, which was a trail run, and it was on a bit of a Cotswold Way, I can remember, which was near me. And I was like, where have you been all my life? <laughs> like, where? Because it just, it was so good for this runner. It was so good for my mental health. 
and I saw and experienced things on the trails that I had never experienced in road running and I was just like hooked just hooked from day one it made the whole training the hard training for the marathon day Saab it made it so enjoyable at times just bearable <laughs> but something that I, I want every day I wanted every day I went out I wanted to go out because I wanted to explore new trails and find new bits and and and, and see new vistas and I just I I have so much love for trail running for the management of mental health and and I just now I do road you know if I have to train on the road I'm just like oh yeah 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 <laughs> it's just a trudge isn't it yeah yeah, yeah it's a total trudge yeah yeah I think everybody uh listening to this on this channel will be agreeing with you there and um and I just want to give you a little sense of who's watching live just now because we've got tons of people watching live so I'll just do a little shout out to everybody so you can see who there is so Seb says hey um Matt H says hey Brad Rush is watching from over in the United States that's okay. fantastic uh Maeve O'Reilly she's watching from Ireland and uh Flo Maskell as well uh just read out a few there um so yeah so uh and I know you've got like you've got a ton of kids um how did you fit the whole training thing in around the children um that's that's always something that people want loads of tips on so have you got any sort of uh, little secrets you can share from that you know it's so funny we were having this when I was out with some um some running buddies this morning um you know we I was up at and I've always done this. So the only way, when I when I was training for the Marathon Day Sub, I was also, I was running my own public relations business. Oh, wow. So I was working full time as well. Um, my husband was kind of just starting his kind of freelance mortgage broken. So basically I, I go out super early in the morning. Mm -hmm. I, that's the only way that I could fit in my training for any of the big races that I do where you're, you're accruing big mileage or you're, you know, you're going up to a big mileage week. And the only way that you can fit that mileage is in is to maybe incorporate longer runs in midweek as well. I just would get up and go out. You know, I would some days I, from MDS, I remember that I would be out at like five in the morning wow. with a head torch on you know so that I could do my run do or do my session and I could be back for like half seven when the kids woke up um sort out the kids give them breakfast get them to school and then sometimes I would try and if I had to make it up then like make it up after they went to school and then work a little bit later because my husband was at home so he like he could make it I had to be so organized like regimented organized but ultimately how I fitted it in and especially that Sunday long run or like the double long runs I would do on a Saturday and Sunday I would just get up super super early and do it because what I found is that I'm always better in the morning I'm always better at doing my runs in the morning I always get really really tired in the afternoon I have like slumps etc etc I'm also perimenopausal now so that's like something oh. else to worry about <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's early morning running. Yeah. And um, and also being super organised in terms of looking at what the plan is, like for the next couple of weeks and thinking, okay, what does my life look like? How am I going to fit that session in that doesn't impact on what the kids need to do, 
but will give me like a quality session if I need it. So I'm not worrying about having to like rush home to go to. So it's yeah. it's really about re- a lot of a lot of forward planning, and and ultimately, ultimately being an early morning person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we've got a comment on the live chat. Leon says, "Yeah, same here. I do my long runs. Um, he has to be back by nine a.m. Um, on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, so if it's a really long run, he's got to get up really early to be That's ready it. for his and and people say, kids. well, how do you do that? You know, how do you kind of condition yourself to do that? And I, I, you know, I, I'm super organised the night before. I get lay out all my kit. I get my drinks ready. I get my fuel ready. So all I really need to do when I wake up is wake up, brush my teeth." have an espresso or a double espresso Mm. get my kit on and go so it's almost i'm out before i can even process that i'm out yeah Um, yeah there's no decision to be made there's no faffing yeah no faffing faffing. make the process as simple as possible in order to get out once you're out you're out Mm. Um, yeah but yeah i mean that's that's how as a working mum that i that i still to this day deal with training wow that's amazing and um, and seb on the live chat says major respect for every everybody who successfully juggles running yeah. family life and a job um yeah. definitely you've got to be really driven haven't you so um did did you on the mds like how did you feel completing that race because like did you always think oh yeah i can do this i can do this i can do this or were you, was there ups and downs Oh, God, no. All, you know, you... So much about doing a race like MDS is just getting to the start line. And and cause so many people don't get there. So many people yeah. don't make the start line of big races, not just MDS. You know, mm. you're training for a massive race. It might be UTMB or Transvolcania, or you might be doing an FKT or attempting your own personal FKT. And so much relies on having, like, a good training block. So... I've always had issues with my ankles, with ankle strength. So I would keep going over on my ankle and then I'd be like, my God, if I keep going on over on my ankle here, then I could do some serious damage. So I was like seeing a physio and doing my strength and conditioning. And so many times I thought, my God, like, am I even going to make it to the start line? It was never guaranteed and it's not guaranteed. Even a couple of days before when we were getting all of our kit together and getting ready to get on the train to get to Gatwick, people that I knew were pulling out because they'd gone down with flu or they'd gone down with, you know, so it, it was never guaranteed until you were on that start line. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's not guaranteed. So being on the start line was like, I, so many thoughts like, you know, what am I doing here? I can't believe I'm on the start line of, you know, the toughest foot race on earth as it's marketed, you know, and, and everyone's got their view on that. But you know, it all comes down to your training, whether it is really, really, really tough for you or, or whether it's not so tough, but it's still tough. So just getting to the start line for someone like me, who is a normal, non-talented person, uh, you know, I just do, do the little bit, do the work bit by bit, bit by bit. It was out of this world for me. So to finish it after six days, to actually look down upon you know look through the kind of heat rising from the ground and see like is that is that the finish line and because you think your eyes you know you've seen so many you've had so many hallucinations along the way and (laughs) and and you know and all of the stuff with the long stage and everything like that and to actually see it and to know that it was real I broke down I mean I was I'd held it together for 
for five days and I was just all over the place but to have that medal put round my neck by Patrick Bauer who's the you know the, the daddy of MDS he invented it he's there every year I it's unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life and it holds such a beautiful place in my heart and I I felt that everything that I'd wanted to celebrate 40 years on earth was there in that moment I felt physically I felt proud of my physical ability to do it I felt proud of my mental the work that I've done on my mental health in order to believe that I could achieve it and so grateful to to everyone that enabled me on my journey there the community it it was so special and I'll never forget it yeah I saw a photo of you on the finish line and you're hugging someone and you've you're just like welling up oh okay yes I couldn't see who the person was because you were your face is there um but yeah oh it's just such a lovely photo there's so much emotion in your face and you look tired but you look ecstatic you look happy you look emotional it's everything is there (laughs) I think that was it it was kind of like because I had friends who were there that had to pull out um so I'd gone to Lanzarote training camp earlier in the year and met a lovely bunch of people. And one of those guys, he had to be pulled out of MDS because um, he was having trouble with his heart. And and it really kind of like everyone that knew him was just like really low about it. Like, oh my God, is he okay? Because the thing is, when you pull out of a race like that, you don't get to keep anything. Like they have to, because they have to look after the people that are there that are still racing if you pull out they basically get you to the they'll get you to the nearest hospital which for him was in Casablanca and then you're left to your own devices like you you're not looked after by anything they they drop you there and then your medical insurance has to kick in and you have to so and you don't get to keep anything you don't get to keep any of the memorabilia you're you're stripped of your numbers your water um ration um everything so so just to like be able to cross the finish line and get to keep everything <laughs> and then get the medal was just like I'm gonna rem- I'm gonna have these memories forever. But you also remember and you also remember the people that maybe that you knew that didn't make it because it just wasn't their time. Um, and you're kind of doing that for them as well. So it, it's it's so special. Anyone that's completed a race that means so much to them knows that feeling you know knows that feeling of actually crossing the line and knowing I've done this I've done this yeah and it's interesting that you said that in order to actually get there and do the training and get onto that start line and then the finish line that you had to go through quite a lot of kind of quite deep personal development in terms of anxiety because it's it's really it's strange to think like a person that's like as passionate as open as and as exciting as you could have any problem with anxiety at all um, but I read in another interview that that you suffered from anxiety but you've devised a 10-step strategy to use it kind of to your advantage to fuel yeah. not only running challenges but like the whole of life as well so I just wondered if you can share a little bit of that strategy with us um, yeah. so that anybody else who's suffering in the same way can kind of take that on board and try it out for themselves maybe yeah I mean it's it's funny you say that and it's something that 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 I say to people and that people still say to me because I still suffer with anxiety I still I still have mental health um I still suffer with mental health 
illness that I live with and that I yeah that I live with daily and I have great I have great days and I have not so great days and I think one of the things that I share via my Instagram um, account is is everything you know because I think that it's really easy for people to think oh she must not or they people like that must not suffer and it's like we do but we found a way to channel that a way to live with it and a way to use it and it's what I've done with anxiety to accomplishment the 10 step course uh, the 10 step strategy that I use but that now other people use as well and it's around knowing that you have issues like anxiety or depression but rather than them being a barrier to you achieving success or achieving a goal actually using some of the the symptoms that you deal with as a, as a way in order to channel it so for example one thing that is the first thing that I know I need to do when I feel highly anxious or I feel that I'm having an episode of depression coming on is to focus on something because there are so many thoughts when you're anxious so many thoughts are going through your mind all the time and and it almost can cause you to just freeze and not do anything that's how my anxiety manifests it's I can't I can't have clarity of thought because there are so many thoughts that I feel I feel paralyzed mm. so one of the things that I did in it and it kind of I it came about when I was training for MDS is that and I use MDS as an example is that I got I had to get really really focused in terms of what is it that I really want to do do I want to complete MDS which you can do if you just walk it or do I want to compete and I had to be really, really focused on what I wanted that goal to be, because until I knew how I wanted to tackle MDS, I couldn't even think about how I was going to train for it. So it's like breaking, knowing what your goal is. And sometimes that goal, it doesn't need to be doing something like MDS. It can be something as simple as like, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? You know, I've been there. It's like you're so consumed with anxiety or you're having an, a, a, you know, you're going through an episode of depression where you can't even think what you're going to do tomorrow. So this can be used for everything. So step one is to get really, really focused on what what it is you want to achieve. What is it that I want? What does that look like? You know, watch videos on it, read books on it, um, talk to people that have done it if it's like some kind of adventure or race. But get really, really clear in your head with visualization, etc. Exactly what it is you want, and then. The other strategies are to commit. That's a massively scary thing, especially if you have, if you if you're dealing with anxiety and depression. Is like, oh my god, I want to commit, but then I don't want to. Or is it expensive? Do I need to outlay money to do it? Do I need to get someone else involved? But for me, especially because I designed this when I was doing MDS, it's like until I committed financially to MDS, it felt like a pipe dream. It felt like something that other people did. So I knew, I was like, what can I do in order to make this real? And I had to commit to it. And that was committing to it by putting down the deposit and registering for the year I wanted to do. It was committing to it by thinking, I can't do this alone. I need to be coached. Who do I think would be a good person? To, and starting to talk to them. So I was coached by Elizabeth Barnes. Oh, <laughs> So, Wonderful. yeah, I kind of yeah. the best coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I knew that I wanted to compete. So I knew that I needed to be, I wanted to be coached by someone who'd been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Someone that I, that understood my family commitments. 
Um, so that was that was like another commitment for me. And then massive, and what I've said to you is like about creating that support network around you. So creating your tribe, as I call them. Yeah. And those it, the tribe I talk about like the power of five. So within the tribe, it's important to have like a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. You know, so and, and also then someone that's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, which was Elizabeth. Mm-hmm someone that you will tell you how it is warts and all so someone that can be really really honest with you it's important to have surround yourself with a community of people that are doing something that is similar to you so for me it was like my mds templates etc so it's important and and i pick five people because i believe that in order to accomplish that community those people are so important to that process and then we go on to like plan and do so it's breaking it down into small measurable chunks that you can achieve and get that adrenaline rush from actually achieving something and then moving on because thinking about these massive things especially when you suffer with anxiety if you think about the big thing you'll be like no there's no way I can do that so you've got a plan and do in little chunks and then about it's easy to think I'm just going to quit especially again if you're of that mindset where it's like it's too much it's too much it's too much so there has to be a period of reflection on what you're doing how far you've come why what are those underlying feelings that are making you think I just don't know if I can do this I think it's it'll, I'm just going to quit it's it's too hard so there's the the reflective process there and then I talk about the power of actually what I found really brings me into a state of wanting to accomplish again is moving my arse. So it is actually the power of exercise, any form of exercise, in order to reinvigorate, in order to, you know, we all have those days where we are feeling like, oh, I don't want to go out. I don't want to go out and run. I don't want to do go out and do that. I don't actually just like 10 15 minutes of doing something which raises your heart rate can just give you the feel good you know you want that dopamine so i talk about the power of actually using exercise as a way to just reinvigorate yourself creating space which is all about meditation reflection writing down writing down your goals etc etc getting comfortable being really uncomfortable We've all been there, putting yourself in situations where you're like, this is horrible, you know, and I did it when I went over to Lanzarote, I went over on my ankle on the first day of a training camp, I was like, oh, this is not a good place to be, had to get really uncomfortable being uncomfortable physically, getting comfortable being uncomfortable mentally, you know, doing ultra races for me as preparation for MDS, which was really, really important, Um, and you know, going long, going through the night, running through the, you know, all of these, those things that as runners, we are fearful of, um, putting yourself in, in as close a situation to that as possible. So that when it actually comes, you're equipped to deal with it. Replenishment. So that's about treating yourself, remembering all your wins and giving yourself, whether it's a pair of running shoes, whether it's a chocolate bar, and then ultimately accomplishing and, and, you know, achieving that. So, these are all things that in the process of MDS that I had to do because I was wrapped with that feeling of those that devil on my shoulder which told me, who are you to be doing this? You know, who are you to be trying to do the toughest foot race on earth? And when I'm really struggling, 
to live with my mental health, those voices get really loud and, and, and they, they want me to stop. So it was really, really important for me and others like me to have a system, uh, a kind of almost like a workbook that we can use in order to, to, to I say to smash, because I have using this, I've smashed goals that I've set myself where before I would have given up halfway or I would have been like, it's too much. Sometimes these things feel too much and life is hard and we're coming to the end of 2020 and Lord knows we have been through it, all of us, you know, and I think that a lot of us are really uh, burnt out, you know, mentally burnt out maybe overtrained because we've used our running as a way to kind of escape what's going on and we're kind of going into 2021 just feeling a bit tired a bit unsure as to what races are going to be on if we're runners or what does my life what's my life going to look like what's my job going to look like and I think that it's really really important to have something that um that you can focus on and it doesn't need to be massive and if this helps then great that it's whatever works for you but it, it certainly it works for me and it brings me back and it makes me accountable and it reminds me of the things that I need to do in order to work with my symptoms of anxiety to bring out the best in myself yeah it sounds really grounding um yeah like just like uh, carving and grounding and um Arlene M on the live chat says inspiring great suggestions as well so there, that, there's a lot there that, that's incredible well there was 10 things but um I was just wondering uh, do you have like a blog or something where it's listed or do you do talks yeah, so, or yeah, can people I do access talk. further yeah so I do talks on it it's also available as a course via Teachable uh, so what I'll do is um, I'll send you the link so if anyone yeah. wants to try a week for free I'm more than happy to let your list let your viewers try a week for free and then if they like it they can sign up and get the kind of rest of the nine weeks because the course itself comes with videos worksheets etc uh -huh. etc et so it, it's it's a course in itself that you can kind of follow and do and once you have it you can kind of it's yours forever so you can and you can use it obviously for any any goal that you want to accomplish mm. so oh fantastic oh that is brilliant to know and um so if you send me that link i'll put it in the in the film description in youtube and i also i'll make this into a podcast uh, either later tonight or tomorrow morning and i'll put it in the show notes as well so that is fantastic to know that's great thank you so much for sharing Thanks. that with us sabrina um that is absolutely awesome um and now we'll come on to another of your amazing achievements which is the founding well the co-founding of black trail runners and we've got um Oh, before before we start talking about that, um, do do you know Sabrina Vergie uh, by any chance, or do you know I of her? I know of her. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I know of her. Um, and yeah, I I've been yeah I've been following Sabrina for I've, I've been following you know through you through the work that you've done as well. But um, yeah, I was coach. I my mountain running coach is Damien Hall. Oh, so, great. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I kind of he he told me about Sabrina first, and then I kind of followed some of the stuff that she'd done. Obviously, the Pennine Way stuff and the Wainwright stuff, and 
now that I'm in Innovate Ambassador, I spent some time with Paul Tierney. Oh. So I learned more about the Wainwrights when I was with him. And he was telling me about kind of Serena as well. So I haven't met her and we haven't spoke, but I hope to remedy that early in the new year. Yeah, well, she, I think she's going to go for the Wainwrights again in May. So fingers crossed that we can join her um, and like help out a little bit. So maybe you'll get a chance to meet her there. But it's just funny because John Airy, one of my patrons says, it's not really a question, but how come we have two awesome female runners called Sabrina? I might have to consider a name change <laughs> so there must be something about the name Sabrina that makes you a, a really badass runner <laughs> you know what I would never you know what Sabrina Vergie is doing is just so inspiring as a woman runner um as a woman of color as a runner um and yeah I mean I used to get so now in running circles it's like Sabrina oh what like as in the same spelling as Sabrina version I'm yeah. like yeah and, but I used to get oh like Sabrina I like the teenage witch yeah, yeah, yeah. the teenage witch yeah um, it's, it's a actually, lovely name I love the name Sabrina name and it's Anglo-Saxon it's it's oh. the name of the um the goddess of the river Severn she's oh. called Sabrina. oh lovely both goddesses for sure yeah I love the name I, I used to love Sabrina the Teenage Witch as well I love that show me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah cool so yeah back to Black Trail Runners then so um uh basically uh, what are your aims with the Black Trail Runners and uh, yeah what was your motivation to setting it up I think that um our motivation to set, or my motivation to want to, so our aim is to encourage and enable more black people into trail running, into UK trail running as number one, into global trail running as a close second, because um, there isn't enough representation of black people in trail running, full stop. You know, you look at the famous trail runners, there are you know there are no black famous trail runners you know we interviewed yeah. in the black trail runners podcast called the checkpoint Corey waltering who's a north face athlete hmm. um but we there is a real lack of representation of black people in trail running and um it's something that hadn't been, hasn't been addressed um when the george floyd murder and the murder of amud arbery who was a runner who was murdered while he was out running and uh brianna taylor and we had the uprising in the black life matters um and the protests around the world i very much uh looked at my running as my passion and and the question which I often thought when I was at races is where are the people that look like me? Where are the people, where are the, the black people? Where are the, you know, there's been so much talk over the years of women in trail running or women in ultra running and, and how do we increase participation? But there haven't been real talk or real work in terms of how do we increase participation of black people in trail running? Because because it hadn't been, you know, because it hadn't been something that had been looked at. But then when Black Lives Matter happened, you had, you know, Blackout Tuesday. Yeah. And you had a lot of sports brands that that made a pledge to do more to encourage more diversity, do more in order to understand why why black people aren't represented in their marketing or aren't represented at the races they sponsor or aren't represented at boardroom level. And this is a real problem because you can't you can't be who you can't see. You can't be who you can't see. And if you go to a race, you go to a mountain race, you go to a trail race, or you look or you want to enter a race and you look on a website and you don't see even in pictures 
people that look like you, it makes you think, maybe this isn't a place for people like me. And that's not true. That can't be true. So I spoke about that um, and I heard one of my co-founders, Sunny Peer, who had done a podcast interview for Centurion Running and he was talking about the same stuff and talking about he'd done an audit of brands and, you know, you know, one of the only races he could find that had representation of a black person was a race in which you can be chained to a partner to do an ultra. And oh it was, no! It, yeah, that's yeah. so coincidentally it's, awful, isn't it? Isn't it? And, and, yeah. and this, is, this is what we're dealing with. And so Sunny and I had a discussion, and then we spread the net to other black runners that we knew um, and outdoor and, and outdoor specialists that were we're talking about the same things we're talking about the lack of skills access and representation of black people in the outdoors um so seven of us got together and we co-founded black trail runners in july and it has flown it has grown um we're a campaigning and community group so community in terms of creating a really really safe space for black runners and white allies to communicate about their experiences on trails. So we have a private Facebook group um, where we share pictures and videos of trail runs we do. We have started to host online events. So last night we had a navigation for, tra for trail runners workshop that we did online in association with Innovate. We had our first Black Trail Runners Trail Taster weekend in September in Wendover Woods. We've got the second one in January in the Malverns. We're talking to the Outrunners Charity, which is a charity that works with black youth about doing grassroots events to get kids on trails. We're talking, you know, we, we launched the podcast. So we want to address the barriers to, of which are the, the three kind of linchpins really of, of what we do or the three tenets is around access. How do black people access the countryside, access trails and feel safe there and feel that this is a place for them? And that's around what's around them you know black people have been urbanized you know with the windrush um, generation coming over black people were sent to rebuild cities after world war ii yeah. so black people have been urbanized when people think of black when when the when the majority of white people think black people it's kind of weird you know they think urban you think the word urban you think black but actually we need to reclaim the space you know and and part of that is how can we get to those spaces and feel safe in those spaces skills is about once we're in those spaces how do we how do we use those spaces how do we run is there a different technique for trail running what kit do you need navigation food nutrition uh, first aid you know all of these things that as trail runners we know that you know we know that you need but actually if you're a black person and you'd only ever run on the road those are barriers to access not knowing that skill orientated stuff so that's another thing that we look at. And third and foremost, why I'm here, part of the reason that I'm here tonight, representation. It's about being out there, talking about trail running, talking about the mental health benefits that me as a, as a, as a black woman, as a mixed race woman who from being a kid was racialized as black in the rural town that I live in, 
was was told that I was other, was not given opportunities that my white friends were given, um, feels that, you know, feels the trauma of that lived experiences of dealing with racism and trail running has been a godsend for giving me those moments of absolute clarity of mind of a reason that I am here of helping me to process especially this year with the with BLM and with with the work that we've been doing with black trail runners which is traumatic in itself in terms of hearing about our people's lived experiences experiencing that ourselves some of the negative feedback that we get from going out there and saying trail running in the UK needs to stand up and understand that there is this lack of diversity and how are you going to work with organizations like us to address that um so you know we have to be out there we have to be out there representing we have to showcase black trail runners that are out there representing and and that's why the runners world cover was like such an important step forward in that um but that runners world cover that i was on that i still can't believe it um, it looks great it came, from, it, it came from months of conversations with runners world and it came from a, 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 a basically me um me calling out runners world or me basically saying to runners world you know you've used a photo of a black person on the cover and this is like a five-year-old photo like how is there no photos in your life with black people running like this is just probably crazy. not yeah, we exactly. didn't have any on trail running magazine it's and really hard it. to find black trail runners and i was looking <laughs> yeah that's but that's yeah. the thing it's like you know the fact that there aren't should certainly raise like why don't we have these photos where are these people because you know we've all we've been out there like i've been out there for five years doing and as of my co-founders it's the fact that it hasn't the questions haven't been asked and the work hasn't been done in terms of how can we address this so you know if you don't have photos of black trail runners it's like why don't we have photos of black trail runners because we maybe don't have links into the groups the grassroots groups that go out there or the people that are out there doing it who themselves have links well how can we how can we make that connection with those people um but ultimately and, and runners world have been runners world were great about it it's kind of you know the work has to start internally for these yeah. brands like it has to start a boardroom level so if you don't have black people on your board you don't have black people as editors or editorial assistants you don't have black people as content producers as social media managers you're always going to be you're always going to be behind the curve because when you're having those editorial meetings if it's a media you're not getting the voice of black people you're not getting someone saying oh that's all well and good but that's not how in our culture we would do it or that's not going to appeal to a black person because we just wouldn't really you know relate to that so if you don't have if you don't really strip it back and look at your organization whether small or large and whether you have a direct line or a direct relationship with black people then you're always going to be behind the curve so it has to start internally the work has to start internally for us as individuals and at corporate level because because you have to you know we always i always say in my my work you know it's not enough it's not enough just to say well i'm not racist 
you have to be working to be anti-racist yeah you really do you know when it comes to trail running it's like it's not enough to say oh well you know we looked you know we looked in our photo library and there's just no photos of black people so we don't put black people in it's like that's not it's not kind of really good enough it's like we asked ourselves we asked ourselves we looked and we couldn't see and we asked ourselves why and we looked around us and we could see that we are all white people. And then we started to think, how can we create dialogue with people of colour who might be influencers, might be, have links into community groups? It's not difficult to find us, but um, that work has to be the work of the individual, you know, because we're not going to... You know, it's it's funny. You know, uh, there's a, a crew, a London-based running crew called Rundem Crew. Yeah, and, we had them on a photo shoot years ago yeah, before yeah, this all happened as well. Yeah, headed so, up with yes. uh, by uh, Charlie Dart. Yeah, and and you know, he talks about you know brands that reach out and and, and kind of almost want as want want the ED and I strategy written like for free. It's like, well, you should be doing this for us. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like the journey, the work has to be your work we can assist you there we can point you in the right direction but we're not going to do it for you you know and i think with black trail runners the reason that it's grown is because we we are campaign led so we started our first campaign was to encourage race organizers in the uk to include ethnicity questions within their race data because we knew there was a problem we know there's a problem we see it when we're racing but without data it's it's we know that it's difficult to get people especially you know government you know, policymakers to listen to you. So we started to get we started to get that data in, and it's exactly as we thought. You know, 0.03 of a percent of participants are black in yeah. these trails. You know, and 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 the data is continually starting to come in now. And and our second so, and that was our first campaign. Our second campaign, which is 21 in 21, which is about getting two events in the UK as many black trail runners to these events and working with event organizers in order to enable that to happen by whether that is um something as something as as as, as kind of monetary kind of as as discounts on race entries or whether it is um you know offering some free coaching to kind of help people feel confident in doing those events or whatever it might be we are aiming to this year at uh, the Ultra X England 125. There were four black trail runners, and that was the, and that was there representing black trail runners. And that was the most that had been at any UK trail event. Like, yeah. and that was four of us at Maverick the other weekend. There was like eight of us. Hey. So again, like, do you know? And it's, it's working it's, slowly. It's that, but it's it's always going to be. It's never. It was never going to be. Suddenly, we have a thousand black people in yeah. an event. But it is about getting the message out there, showing that we do we are there we are running these races come join us come be part of the community it is safe and banging the drum in terms of making you know in terms of just just conveying that message that you know trail run trail running has a problem with diversity and it needs to be addressed and and you know women like you with your audience coming forward and asking you know and having me on to talk about it is part of it because there will be a lot of white people out there that that and you know some of the comments we get as well running is for everyone you know that's the running's for everyone or i don't see color well no you don't because you're white and therefore you're represented but when you are a person of color and you are in a race and you're not represented of course you see color and of course part of your thinking is 
you know, it's just, it just feels like it, it's just, it's, it's a feeling. It is a, especially again, if you're someone like me that suffers with anxiety, it's that, do I belong here? Should I be here? And it's the real experiences, which is one of my experiences of being in a race, being in a very difficult situation, falling and not being helped by six runners that went past me and asking yourself when you, yeah, yeah asking yourself when you're in that situation is it because of the color of my skin yeah. is it that or is or it because I'm a just woman all idiots that went or past are they just, you know because as trail runners we know that you know we're told it in race briefings yeah. if you see a runner in distress yeah. you stop you help that's your first thing yeah and ultimately like if you're still up for a time you know as long as you let the organizers know they might give you an extra half an hour whatever we never we never leave a runner in distress no. and that happened to me in the alps last year happened to me and i, I slipped and it was hanging onto the side of a snow field and six runners went past me and yeah that's didn't terrible help. like whatever yeah. color you are it doesn't matter you're a person that's, that's fallen like i would have stopped <laughs> yeah but yeah, that happened, that's happened to me in races as well i put my leg through um a, a, a like a bridge thing and yeah. um and several runners just ran straight past i don't know if i wasn't making enough fuss or something but i was just like uh thanks like yeah. that and yeah. yeah they did run past me yeah, yeah. And maybe it's because i'm ginger so it's so kind of so it, it, it's so soul destroying but it's also so you know as a, as 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 a person of color it's you really do ask yourself would i have would i have gotten the help had i been blonde haired blue eyed white you know a white person is it why 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 is it so much more important to get a time than it is to help a person you know yeah. and and you and just don't know, do you? Like, no, that's and, happened and to me too, it, and I wouldn't think I wouldn't be thinking that. I was just thinking, oh well, they're just idiots. Like, it's nothing idiots. to do with yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that that very much stayed with me, and it made me believe. And I, and I'm sure that I'm not the only one having experienced this. It made me think: Is this a safe space for me to be? Is yeah. is trail running, trail running outside England, um, trail running, and is this is this safe space for somebody like me to be because of the color of my skin and and we 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 want to work on that because that that stuff you know we we want to do we want to work to ensure or to damn near ensure that that kind of stuff doesn't happen and that black people feel supported whatever race they do wherever it is in the world you know and we, we, you know, we strive for the day, you know, we're not about, it's not about being divisive. We strive for the day that there would be no need for a black trail runners because mm. it wouldn't, there, there just won't, there wouldn't be a need for it. We're a long way off from that, but that's ultimately what we want is all runners, you know, but, but there is a problem and we're here to address it. And, and it's been challenging, but beautiful kind of, five months that we've been going we continue to grow with the support that we've been shown has been phenomenal and you know words from our community such as i belong here you know or this is us or you know i'm so you know you see people with black trail runners t-shirt with representation matters on the back and they're wearing them all over the world and yeah. it's just it's it's mind-blowing but it's it 
it makes the hard work because we're all volunteers yeah it just makes the hard work worthwhile and I, I want a better you know you, you're having a baby next year I want a better world a more if you know more equality in the world more equity and I want my kids to grow up and if they get into trail running i want them to be surrounded by a more diverse community definitely and without organizations like black trail runners doing their thing and you know asian runners etc etc then it, it won't happen so we have to play our part and that's yeah. you know that's life's work yeah and it's do you know what it's actually organizations like this make it easier for people like me I'm in the media I'm in I've edited trail running for seven years and I always like to be diverse uh, I, I was really successful in terms of shapes and sizes of runners and of ages of runners but where I really struggled was getting people of different colors in my photo shoots and I was actively looking for those people but I would have have to act like judge person by person how is this person going to take it if I say look I, I only know kind of 10 Asian people who trail run it's really important can you be free on this day to come run because otherwise we you're not represented and that was really awkward conversation for me to have to have so now that you guys are having an organization of yourselves where you know you want to represent then I'm like, oh, great. This is a, a wonderful set of contacts for me to just dive into and go, oh, hey, guys, like, can someone come along and represent, please? Because it's not an issue anymore. I used yeah. to have to tiptoe around it a bit, and I didn't know how one runner was going to take it from runner to runner. And I actually, like, there was this one guy um, in, a, in a restaurant where I work, actually, and he just looked like a runner. He looked like a lean like beautiful bodied mm -hmm. lean young man and I was like oh hey are you a runner like that because we were on a work night out and, and yeah. he got really offended and he was like are you asking me that because I'm black and I was like well no I'm asking you it because you look like a runner and I'm yeah. always searching for diversity and I would love you to come to a photo shoot and yeah. but he did not take that well and I think it's great for people like me who have been trying to suddenly have this pool of people who are, are now like we're both trying together now and I don't have to sort of read the room in the same way as I used to it's not as offensive really, yeah I think that's a really important point that you've raised because I know I know that it's uncomfortable we understand that that it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable knowing how to address the subject of the lack of diversity in trail running it's it's uncomfortable to have conversations you know with strangers or even with family about racism about uh, representing you know it's it's uncomfortable but you know, it's a conversation. These conversations, you have to. It's like you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't mind those, talking about it at yeah, all. Like you know, because those my best friend is from Sri Lanka. Like yeah. I grew up surrounded by people who are Asian origin. Like I, mm. I definitely see color. Yeah. But I like to see colour. I find yeah. it boring if everybody, everybody's all white and pasty like me. So, like, <laughs> honestly, we just need so much sun cream. It's just... <laughs> you know, it's just... I think it's just... It's, you've hit the nail on the head. I think that there's... I think there's a fear. A fear of, of, of saying the wrong thing. A fear of coming across the wrong way. But what we say is, let's have the conversation. Let's have the conversation. And... If we can do something together, which addresses one of our three tenets, that will ultimately enable more black people to feel safe, to feel supported in trail running, then that's win-win. Because you're getting what you need in order to, in order to 
become more representative in your media and we're getting what we need in terms of working with partners such as yourself but also showcasing the variety of talent that is out there and therefore someone who maybe is a roadrunner at the moment but would love to have a go on the trails is hearing that or seeing it and they're like wow like that's somebody that looks like me yeah it's so you know, where do i go to get more yeah and i just uh, there's a couple of questions here just if you've got time from from patrons um that are really interesting questions i thought because so craig webb he um, wants to. He wants your thoughts, basically, on the fact that black runners they really dominate in racing marathon distances on the road and under, you know, like on the track and everything like that. But there's very few that what well, we've seen in the stats that you've just mentioned that go into trail and ultra distance running. And he said, imagine if Kipchoge chose to do like a 50k mountain race. Like imagine. Um, so yeah, like it's obvious that black people are incredible runners. Um, so yeah why why are they incredible runners on the road and the track but they don't come into trail running what what are the barriers that you do you think think, i think what you've got to understand about road runners like kipchoge um and the kenyans and ethiopians and stuff is that that is their job Mm. so they are you know from a very early age you know one of them and it's it's a racist trope to say that you know the reason that these these runners from kenya are so good is because they you know, they ran to school barefoot. You know, there's a great book which I would recommend anyone reads. I did an interview with him a couple of weeks ago by Adam Rutherford um, called, um, oh God, what is it? How to Talk to a Racist. Um, uh, is that Adam Rutherford? Um, he does yes. the science or the history yes, the science yes, programs. Yes. I can't, this is my perimenopause. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's called How to Talk to a Racist. Okay. And, and, so what you've got to understand about those marathon runners is that that's their job. So that's the way that they provide for themselves and for their families and for it's their, their financial, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a system over there. You know, they're, they're looking to create great half marathon and marathon runners at these camps, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, a gra- another great book in which um, he explains it really, really well is um, The Rise of the Ultra Runner, Anne Harrod. Oh, yeah. Yes, Sebastian Schoenbeck yes, mentioned so, that book in the live yes, chat. Yeah. So, um, so basically, Anne Harrod talks about um, the, the same thing. You know, why there's such good black marathon runners and it doesn't translate to ultra running. And so, therefore, he works with a couple of black a- athletes. And I think they try out Wendover Woods 50. And after the first lap, the black athlete he's working with pulls out. Mm-hmm. He pulls out because I think there's a slight pain in his foot. Now, what you've got to understand is that these runners if they get injured that's the end for them yeah. like there's no like there, there's no income there's no travel they probably be dropped by sponsors probably be dro- dro- dropped by their coaches they have so much to lose and because un- ultra running is uncharted territory there they would rather stay in marathon where they know yeah. that they can earn the money rather than go to ultra marathon you know ultra marathon really in terms of the the rewards etc nowhere near near the financial rewards so there's so much financially involved in it from a careering runner perspective that those are those are the those are the blocks if you if you go out and you put some of these ultra races with bigger money money to money to kind of rival the 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 kind of marathon you would see more black you would see more black elite runners translate transitioning from road running to trail running it's not there at the moment it might be as ultra running and as trail running becomes more 
commercialized etc etc but that's in my belief that's the reason it doesn't translate and Anne Harrison in that book explains that explains that kind of almost experiment that he did really well because it's a question people do say well black runners are so you know they're taking all of the the, you know Olympic medals and world records etc why doesn't that translate it doesn't translate because there's the fear that if these people go out and train and get injured they, they wouldn't even they won't even make the race so therefore it's kind of like stick with kind of what you know you're good at rather yeah. than going to chartered territory we want to see we want to see more elite black ultra trail runners and that is something that you know we're working on you know we're working with the likes of ian we're going to be starting to work with the likes of ian shaman <sighs> to basically kind of launch a bit of a kind of academy in terms of some black trail runners that we have that show potential cool. that could really be nurtured you know really be kind of elite uh, elite athletes but that takes time you know it takes time but I think you know I've answered that question as well as I can and and I I really would you know I love I I like the book The Rise of the Ultra Runners because it's all about ultra running and it's all about it is a great book it's a fantastic book um and uh we just got a couple more questions from guy Greatrex, who's really keen to know more about the black trail runners um he said have you found since starting up the group have you found that more people of color are taking up trail running i, I think you've basically said yes to this along the way yeah in yeah, I mean, yeah i mean taking up trail running going to races they wouldn't normally go to um being vocal about the reasons that they love trail running you know we are black trail runners are for for everyone whether you're a novice whether you've never run before or whether you've run on the road whether you're 5k or ultra marathon like black trail runners is for everyone and we try and um incorporate this into everything that we do so we never assume that people know like terminology we use etc etc um, in our A to Z of trail running that we do on the Checkpoint podcast, we, we, we're we at F for the next one. So we're always like, what Fs do you want to know about? You know, because we'll talk about oh. FKTs. Somebody yeah. doesn't even know. Some yeah. people don't have any idea what an FKT is. And we like talk about it as if it's like a cup of tea. Like, of course you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so it, it's for everyone. And we've certainly seen more enthusiasm to go and try races and, and events that people would never have tried before had they not had the kind of community support around them. And that's beautiful. And that's yeah. what we want and we, what we're aiming for with 21 and 21 as well. Yeah. And you're working with Innovate a bit as well, aren't you? Guy says, um, as a company, do you think Innovate are doing their part in showing and like encouraging diversity in the sport? I, I think that I had certainly when um, because I'm coached by Damien Hall and when we launched Black Trail Runners, I wanted to speak to large. I wanted to speak to brands that I bought into about what they were doing in order to tackle um, the, the issue around diversity. And I had a really great, frank, honest conversation with um, a guy um, with one of the directors at Innovate and and talked about what I saw, talked about kind of images that they used on their website, talked about what they were doing as a company to encourage more people of colour to be contributors or, or you know, and, and and I really, really liked their honest approach in terms of what they didn't know mm. and what they wanted to do but didn't know how to do it. Um, so I agreed that I would become an ambassador for them mm. because first and foremost I really really like their kit for trail yeah. running like their kit works for me secondly because Damien is an athlete uh with them and he was my coach and 
and we're, we're having spoke to Damien about the stuff that he'd done with them around the environment. Mm. Um, they seem very switched on in terms of like moral kind yeah. of ethical issues. Yeah, they're really um, good like that. Yeah, and and you know, and I, you know, and part of the work with them is to, you know, they support black trail runners. They support us with initiatives like last night's navigation, you know, event that was via contacts that they had. So we were able to put that on for free for our members. Mm. Um, you know, they they the photos that you know I did a shoot with them up in the Lake District. Yeah, with, I spent was that with Nikki's, Paul as well? With Paul yeah. and Nikki, mm-hmm. and those are they're my like. My running, like my ultra running, like Nikki Spinks is like bow down, yeah. you know, and and I just just to, to be in the same on the same mountain as her, to have time with her, to have time with Paul, and and to learn from them, to learn skills. Like Paul taught me, like I was talking about running downhill, and and he was just giving me because he's a coach, he was giving me tips as how to run downhill on stone, slippery stone, and I'm like, this is stuff that I can give back to people like at the black trail runners taster day in january you know and so so i'm really really proud to be associated with them and to help them work out their their policy and their how that they can encourage more black people via the representation and the marketing and and all of the stuff that they do because you know the lakes and where innovator based and that whole area um, is 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 somewhere that I want to spend more time myself. Yeah. Um, I've been asked to help um, a, a woman runner in. Um, she's planning the only the first female only supported BGR next year. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So you know these are just opportunities to really promote and represent um, and show people like you can be what you can see. You know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really happy to to work with Innovate in order to continue to do that yeah yeah you're totally trail trailblazing it's amazing the work that you're doing it's it's hard work but it's amazing um and um and guy just finishes with one final question if you've got time um do, uh so like we as a, as a community of trail runners like um like obviously we're not doing enough right now but what are the main things that everybody can be doing to change the situation and, and make things more diverse not just for black trail runners but asian chinese anybody who wants to come and do trail running um what what in your opinion should we all be doing i think you know the really easy thing that you can do is that if you're in an event you're at a race if you are on a website looking for a race look just just take a moment just to look around you do you see people of color and if you don't the easiest thing you can do is when you're at the race picking up your registration or when you're email you send an email and say you know what are you doing to encourage more people of color into trail running it's a question because ultimately as a community we're the stakeholders Races need us to buy entries, to do training camps, to buy kit. Brands need us to buy kit. If you just the simple thing to do is look around you and if you don't see people of colour or you don't feel you see enough people of colour represented, ask those people that are in charge why. What are you doing to encourage more people of colour into our sport that we love so much? And that you're putting on these events for because I don't I don't necessarily see them here 
you know and and the second thing is you know if you're out in an event and you see a person of color you know talk to them talk to them you know talk talk about your race talk about what you're planning talk about their race you know we were at maverick a couple of weeks ago and a few of us had black trail runners t-shirts on and i was i was a bit saddened because nobody kind of acknowledged like when they were running past you know we had big representation matters on the back you know there wasn't even a uh you know yeah go black trail run you know there but you can say that like you're not going to offend us like you know don't don't be scared to talk don't be scared to kind of big us up don't be scared to ask questions that's that's part of the work is to have those conversations so those are two really really easy things that you can do yeah i think people are a bit scared to mention stuff like that because they're like oh well we, we we've been taught for so many years you shouldn't really distinguish between people of different colors you know be color blind um in a in the nicest possible way and so you don't know if everybody who is black wants to be suddenly talked to just because they're black kind of thing mm. but if you're obviously representing with the black trail and his t-shirt on then obviously you're up for that so that is a really good thing for everybody who's not black to know (laughs) yeah exactly and i think it's that and i think it's ultimately what you've said quite a few times is it comes down to this fear of of no not every black person might might want to be talked to but i think certainly you know if you're an event and you're just a runner talking to another runner you know and if you if you know if you're an event where there are black trail runners there and you you know we've got the representation matters t-shirt on then talk to us about black trail runners talk to us about what we're doing talk to us about what we you know what we think you know we're there we're representing and 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 that's part you know that's part of the work is the communication and and making that conversation which can be uncomfortable more comfortable for both parties yeah I'm very comfortable talking about anything like because I make films and things like that and I do journalism the moment I see a black or a brown person at a trail race I'm like quick I need to interview that person to represent different colors of people in my film but I have had a couple of um black or Asian people go oh I'm really sorry I'm a bit shy like I don't really want to be interviewed by you and I'm like yeah no that's cool I just like really wanted to represent you sorry (laughs) and that's fine because everyone you know what I say is everyone has their own story and everyone has their own journey and their own traumas and you can be black white whatever it might be and there are people that are uncomfortable talk, you know, are still un- are, are uncomfortable to talk about their experiences, are uncomfortable to, to feel as though the spotlight's on them. And that's absolutely fine and that's their choice. But I think the, the thing about organizations like Black Trail Runners is that we're a conduit into knowing people or knowing individuals who are happy to share their lived experience or happy to expect to share their experience on the trails in a safe way, you know. Yeah. So kind of knowing how it's going to be used you know knowing that you know the picture that they that you know that they have taken you know that it's not that you know somebody's some photographer's not going to turn around and say well that's you know so it's little things like it's just little things like that and i think that organizations like btr um are you know ex- are kind of accessible for as you say kind of people in media especially in order to work with us to help to facilitate that change. I think it's working in association, working in support of and with us to facilitate that change. It's a job. It's probably gonna be life's work. It will be life's work, but it's worthy work. 
Yeah, it's incredible work and it's opening up a whole host of opportunities for you, as you've yeah. already seen, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I'm really pleased that you've set up the group. I think it's fantastic. And I'm really, um, I feel very, uh, what's the word, blessed, um, very grateful that you've let me in um, because I'm not black, obviously. So I'm like the furthest from black one person could ever be. And I'm just really grateful that you've let me in there and, um, and I can chat with everybody. And if I'm doing a photo shoot, I can be like, hey guys, who wants to come? This would be amazing. Yep. So yeah, it makes my job a lot easier. So yeah, thank you. It's a, it's a really great group. And I, I love seeing everyone's posts as well in there, yeah. just from a runner's yeah. point of view, it doesn't matter what color you are. I yeah, like to see exactly. them whatever, you, whatever you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a beautiful thing. It's something that I'm really really proud to be yeah. part of. Yeah, um, I love the t-shirts as well. It's a good design. Yeah, simple but effective. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got we 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 we're getting more merchandise because people are just asking yeah. for it. But, um, um, am I allowed to wear a black trail runner's t-shirt? Like, would I? Is are non-black people allowed to wear them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Representation matters. You know, people will ask you questions if you're in a black if you're a white person in a black trail runner's t-shirt people will say mm. how can you wear a black trail in his t-shirt and you know you're a, you're a white person you're an ally mm. you know it's about communicating the message that representation does matter and enabling more black people to feel that there is a place for them here in trail running you know white allies are welcome you know and together we will stamp out racism globally um it has to be you know it has to be a joint effort because we 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 need we need help to do this work um absolutely yeah black yeah. trail runners if you want a t-shirt have a t-shirt awesome <laughs> amazing oh and you can have a wild ginger running t-shirt <laughs> we'll swap yeah. <laughs> awesome oh fantastic well it's been so great to chat to you tonight sabrina i just want to say a massive thank you on behalf of everybody watching um everybody's um had some really like there's been some really interesting questions asked and i feel like we've we've covered a few things that i was like oh i don't know about this and that and so hopefully that's ironed out a few things for people to hear tonight as well um and yeah just like finally in a nutshell what are you up to next and how can everybody follow what you're doing oh well the best place to follow me please come and come and join my instagram community i love all my followers they just they just they're so lovely and um, and i'm really really honest on instagram so you know there's none of this oh my life is perfect because it's really not it's really not and um, but i'm at sab runs miles or sab run smiles yeah i thought it was it. smiles yeah <laughs> yeah i'm um, on instagram so that's probably the best place to to contact to, to keep up with what i'm doing um in terms of racing i'm i'm in a um every every winter i go into just a, a fast marathon training plan because mm. i find that going into that in the spring sets me up for running faster ultras um so i'm doing a marathon in march so i'm training for that at the moment and then i'm doing loads i'm doing uh the ramsey round wow. in june are you oh, incredible yeah 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 so we're, we're hoping to get a black trail runners team <gasps> go do that are you uh, um, filming it at all yes we're oh, hoping great. that um we can get it filmed and um, we're going to be talking to innovate about that oh, as well fantastic yeah um and then i'm doing val daran uh one of the mm. by utmb races in july that's um yeah 101k around the pyrenees um, I'm doing the Isle of Wight challenge, trail running challenge, 100k in one go. 
And then, yeah, we're going back to Ultra X England as an even bigger Black Trail Runners team in September. Oh, wow. Um, oh, hopefully and, I can come I, to one of these things and meet you yeah, all. Yeah, I really hope you <laughs> It'd be can. really lovely. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think I've been uh, just... Yeah, I've had a book deal, so I'm Yay. gonna be. I write in a book. Yeah, what's the book so, about? You mentioned it briefly the earlier. About, the book is about. It's a collection of stories about um, a kind of bit of a memoir of my life. So um, I grew up in a, a rural town, and so it talks about my experiences of rural racism, mm. but also how running has helped me to process and to deal with the trauma surrounding that. Mm. Um, so if you're a runner, you'll love it. Yeah. Um, if you want to know more about what it is to grow up in the UK, especially in rural UK as a black, you know, as a mixed race person, racialized as black, you'll love it. Um, but it's stories of, of tragedy, but of triumph and, and, and running in the face of rural racism. So I'm really it's it's a lot of work and it's a lot of it's very hard. You know, you've, you've just written a book, you know, it, it's it's. Um, for it me, sounds a bit easier than your book. It's not about me. <laughs> like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't write a book about me. You're very brave. I'm more of a visual storyteller. So actually sitting down and, and really taking yourself back to some of these experiences is, has been mentally challenging. It yeah, is mentally yeah. challenging. But is I it also cathartic that, in a way as well? Has it been like a bit yeah. of therapy? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. And, and it just makes me realise how how my life has changed this year with the activism and black trail runners and the and, and and everything like that and but it's it's this is part of my part of my story part of my journey and and if i only ever write one book this is the book i want to write so Amazing. that will be out next june early june next june so that's yeah. 2022 no, 2021. 2021. Oh, okay. You're far further along with it than I thought. Yes, brilliant. Ah, that's fantastic. So June 2021. Okay, well, we'll have to get one for a competition prize oh, on Wild God, Ginger Running. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And yeah, I'd love to talk to you more about it when it comes out. Yeah, we've covered some of the stuff in there. I mean, MDS is one of the challenges and, and uh, the, one of the chapters. And actually, I talk about the long stage because that was... That was a journey oh yeah so yeah there's a lot going on but it's all it's it's all good stuff and stuff that is 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 meant to happen at the time it's happening yeah it's awesome i love it it's just brilliant and i'm really glad that we can follow you further you're doing tons of stuff in 2021 fingers crossed hey and and um yeah the book is just uh, the icing on the cake. So I'm really pleased about that. That's awesome. I just want to read out a couple of comments from um, a couple of people have just said thank you so much for tonight because it's um, really cleared some things up for them. So so Seb um, over in Germany, he says, uh, thanks a lot, Sabrina. Um, this really cleared some things up for me. Yep, I pretty much just said that. <laughs> and, um, and Arlene M says thanks as well. She's listening from the USA. Um, and she says uh, most non-elite runners don't run trails to compete but to enjoy nature so she's looking forward to um more black people um, in the non elite uh, um yeah. regions as well just grasp the whole grassroots thing i think is really oh, yeah. resonating with everybody here tonight so yeah so thank you so much um everybody's really enjoyed it and um and yeah it's just really great to have an open and honest conversation about things that are affecting everybody in our lifetime so thank you for that and good luck with everything uh, in 2021 Thank you so much, Claire. Uh, Really enjoyed being on with you. Thanks so much.
Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.